We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast. Hey, I got a bone to pick. <laughs> Guys, I am so fired up. Sleep deprived and all. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you probably cut off your hot dog. You don't need it on a pot. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. We are presented by our partners over at BetMGM. My name is Rob Doster. I have John Fanta with me. I have Terrence Oglesby with me. And fellas, we are fresh off of... What I feel pretty comfortable saying is the best Saturday we're going to see in college basketball this season. Maybe the best Saturday that we've seen in college basketball in a long, long time. Uh, it comes on the heels of a Friday night where we had a top 10 matchup. We had three matchups between teams that are top 20 on Ken Palm right now. We had probably, I think I would say... 11 games that I circled on the schedule and said, oh, that's something that I definitely need to watch. It lived up to the hype more than we could have imagined. Arizona lost to Purdue. North Carolina lost to Kentucky. Alabama lost to Creighton. And most importantly, Fanta, Gonzaga yeah. lost to those UConn Huskies. T.O., biggest takeaway from the weekend, go. Uh, biggest takeaway from the weekend is Kentucky's really good, and I'm in the Yosemite, and I can't see your shirt because <laughs> it's camouflage. So people who are just listening don't know that. Uh, no, Aaron Bradshaw, Kentucky. Holy shit. That's basically what I have to say about that. Those guys are really good. Antonio Reeves is no longer having to take the brunt of everything. And uh, whenever Kentucky went to the bench, it was Reed Shepard and some more really, really good players. that ju They just came at you in waves. And Calipari has his best team in the last five years, I think. My biggest takeaway of the weekend is that Purdue is the best team in college basketball today. And that can change hands, and it will because I think Arizona can make a case. Kansas can make a case. Connecticut can make a case. Houston, I'd like to see a little bit more of uh, and see them in the Big 12 early on to see what they are. But I, I think for Purdue to win that game and for Braden Smith to show us that he is playing as well, what on earth? <laughs> Did you just go into the Simpsons house? Yeah. Yeah, I got tired of Yosemite. I had to go to Bart's house. Go ahead. Keep okay, going. Yeah, you're at Bart's house now. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. You're going to move around rooms. You know, uh, the Simpsons house, the color in it, is sort of the way I feel about college basketball. Because I just think that this sport is in such a great place right now. And all the naysayers and the people who say that this is killing college hoops or that's killing college hoops, they, they just they look dumb right now. This sport has rich parity. 
teams with upside like Kentucky who impressed the hell out of me. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen from game to game. Look at Michigan State just drubbing Baylor and making a massive statement. Unbelievable atmospheres. I mean, the crowds at these games. Did you see Assembly Hall on Saturday? Like that yeah. was that was just absurd. So we champion this sport, but it's really easy to do it right now. Mm-hmm. And and I just think that that this that what what To said is so accurate. The state of this sport is beautiful, and and I got to say this: the last thing I would say is all throughout the weekend in a twenty four hour span, you know, I I, I called Zach Eady a generational talent, and then a lot of people say he's not a pro and this and that. So here's here's my message to those people. He is a generational college basketball great. We seven foot four, three hundred pound big men. If you look at the track record of those people in college basketball and their statistics, it it's nowhere even remotely close. Right. And to the to the people who said that it's because he's big, yeah. How Taco Fall pan out? How were his numbers in college? They weren't these uh, Connor numbers. Connor Vanover. Connor Vanover. So either you can choose to appreciate someone for everything that they're doing, or you can look at literally one game against FDU and have that define the take on Purdue all the freaking time. Because all this team has done the last month is win, win, win. And if you cover college basketball and you still don't believe in Purdue, you are defeating the purpose of the regular season. Yeah, well, I don't understand well, how you don't count, count, call him a generational talent. He's going to win Player of the Year again. Do you what? know the last time that there was a back-to-back National Player of the Year in college Ralph basketball? Sampson. Ralph, Ralph Sampson, Sampson, 1982 and 1983. That's hey, how long here's, it's been. Is Ralph Sampson a generational talent, Tio? I confirmed. We would say that he is. Yeah, the other part, the other, I, I looked this up because I plan on using this yesterday and we never did. Uh, David Thompson, also two times, generational talent, yes or no? Yeah. Bill Walton. Yes. Yeah. Kareem, Ab- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Oscar Oscar Robinson. Uh. Yeah. Robertson. 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 Uh. Jerry Lucas. Uh. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's that's the only people who've done it more than once. The only people who've done it more than once. It's it's, it's absurd. And he's going to do it again. One of the greatest college basketball players of all time. Rare air. And then I want to throw in too. I feel like Tyler Hansborough should be thrown into that list because he easily could have won multiple. Oh, National yeah. Player of the Year. So he, he he should have. And uh, there was some voter fatigue because he was so good his freshman season. It was like, God, I guess how many how many seasons could he go? Twenty and fourteen. We got to we got to add some flavor into this. Yeah. So yeah. Um, shout out to Tyler Hansborough. He uh, came up with the Make Basketball Physical Again T shirt that we now have in the Field of Sixty Eight March store. And make sure you go check that out. Field of Sixty Eight shop. You uh, we have That's a whole bunch of stuff. Field of Sixty Eight shop. I've heard in a while. It's Christmas yeah. time. Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas time. Go out there and buy something. We're uh we got some new stuff up there. We got some new merch in the store. Maybe we got to get a Clemson is a Clemson is a basketball school. Terrence Oglesby quote on a t-shirt. <laughs> See if we can make that work. Um listen, my uh I have six overreactions written down here. Uh Purdue is the clear cut best team in the sport is the number one overreaction that I have. Um and we're gonna have a timer going since we already started. I'm gonna I'm just gonna give myself a two-minute clock and I will say this. If you look at what Purdue has done so far this season, right? I know that they lost at Northwestern. I know they lost in overtime at Northwestern. I know they got boo-booed at Northwestern. That is going to happen sometimes when you go and you play Northwestern on the road in league play. They've beaten Arizona, number two team in America, top five team on Kempom. 
They've beaten Alabama on a neutral, uh, a top 10 team on Ken, Ken Palm, and I would say probably a top 25 to 30 team in America. They've beaten Marquette on a neutral, a top five team in America, top 10 team on Ken Palm. They've beaten Tennessee on a neutral, a top 10 team in America, a top 10 team on Ken Palm. Yeah. They've beaten Gonzaga on a neutral, a top 20 team in America, and a top 20 team on Ken Palm. Mm. They beat Xavier at home in a game that we were at where it looked like they were just holding off Xavier like this, like Big Brother beating up on Little Brother. They beat yeah. Iowa at home in a game. Iowa's a top 50 team in America. Uh, in a game where it was just basically a blowout. Like they are just steamrolling so many good teams in this sport where I think you look at them and say, if Fletcher Lawyer is going to play that way and Braden Smith is going to play that way, they are frankly unbeatable. And I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I think they're unbeatable. The only reason that Arizona was able to get back in that game was because they went to a 2-3 zone that messed everything up for Purdue, and Purdue still found a way to figure it out. Arizona coming into that game had not played a single possession of a zone defense throughout the entire season. They threw a curveball. It worked for about five minutes, but then Purdue figured it out, and they won by eight. That just... That doesn't guarantee that Purdue's going to win this year. I think that there is a clear-cut top four in the sport of Arizona, Houston, um, Purdue and UConn, and I think you can make an argument that Kansas deserves to be in there. That's another take that we're going to have here in a minute. Houston over Marquette, huh? I, I I think so right now. Um, yeah, but wait a minute. But but Houston over Kansas, Kansas has they went on the road and beat okay, Indiana. So the reason look, this is yeah this they, is the so they're the, ten and the, one. Yeah, on Ken Palm right now, and I know it's Ken, it's early and it's noisy, but the difference between number four and number five on Ken Palm is the same gap between the distance, the difference between number five and number 21 on Ken Palm. So that, that's what I was referring to when I said clear cut top four. Um, there's arguments to be made. We'll get into okay, all okay. that. But I'm with you guys. I think Purdue right now uh, is the best team in the sport. And I think that they have to be number one in the sport. And uh, when Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer play that way, I don't think that they are beatable. All right, I'm going to move on to the next topic because I want to make sure that we get through all five of these overreactions. The next one, T.O., I got to go to you first on this one because you just referenced it. Um, I'm all in on Kentucky at this point. I think that they are a team that we have to call a top 10 team. I think they are a team like UConn where they have not come close to what their ceiling is. I think that Aaron Bradshaw's presence raises their defensive floor. I don't think that their freshmen look like freshmen, and I was so incredibly impressed with that one stretch in the second half where they blew a 12-point lead, North Carolina came all the way back to take the lead, and they immediately responded with bucket, bucket, bucket to push it back to five uh, late in the second half. I, I just I could not be more impressed with that um, with that Kentucky win, that Kentucky team. Yeah, big fan. I, I think this is a legitimate Final Four contender this year. After watching that game, I, I don't think you can argue any other way. Aaron Bradshaw changes their defense. Big time. I mean, he wasn't as strong as Armando Baycott. Not many people are, but he swallowed him at times. And I know that sounds weird, but it that's what it looked like whenever he was guarding him in the post. He is so long, and he's put on 20 pounds, and it's changed the way he runs. Like, th there's other guys that do that, too. Micah Handlocked him the exact same way. He goes uh, from high school up to Marshall. I coached him in AAU, and then he puts on 20 pounds, and it changes everything. The way he runs, the way he walks, the way he stands. And the same thing has happened for Aaron Bradshaw, and we're just scratching the uh, the the surface of his potential on the offensive end, too, when we're talking about Bradshaw. That shot he made towards the beginning of the game on the left 45, he caught it and fired it. It mm -hmm. looked like a two-guard. I, I mean, a lot, a lot of talent there. 
and their defensive floor is much higher. And they got Yugana Onyesu and Onyeso back. How do you pronounce that last name? Onyeso, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh their defense is going to be much better. And they still have an outside shot of getting one more seven footer available. And if that happens, you can continue to do it. And here was the most encouraging thing, if I'm a Kentucky fan, was the fact that they played Bradshaw and Trey Mitchell together and it didn't change their offense. I I think a lot of people were expecting them to go back big, big, high, low. These things didn't happen. They're still running five out, and you can do that because both Trey Mitchell and Bradshaw are serviceable from the perimeter. Uh, Give me Kentucky. I think they can make it to Phoenix. I 100% agree with you, T.O., but you go first, Fanta. Kentucky has the most upside in college basketball. And offensively, they're as dangerous of a team to guard as there is in the sport right now. Yes. Because the fact that, and I know it's it's just by principle, but still, the fact that you are bringing Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, T.O., you brought him up, Adu Thero, mm-hmm. and Anienza from off the bench, that's the thing. When Carolina was going to their bench versus when Kentucky's going to their bench, Kentucky's going to two of the three or four best freshmen that we've seen in the country from off the bench in all of college basketball. Not to mention, DJ Wagner keeps getting better, guys. Like, he he's getting better and better. Does he make some mistakes? Yes. But what stands out about this Kentucky team is they don't have to play a certain way to win. Yeah, you they know, have multiple ways they can beat you. Yeah, and I thought it was really promising that 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 DJ has been a little bit more of a drive to pass guy than I thought that he would be. Um, for the people that are just listening to this on audio, To has changed his background again. I don't know where you where are you right now. You got a pull up bar in the background. I'm in a spaceship with an arcade machine. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, you know. <laughs> You kind of look like um, you look like the guy from Austin Powers right now. Which one, Doctor Evil? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this uh, about Kentucky, just to to try to steal this thing back onto the tracks because we always get thrown off on the uh, of the tracks here. Is that um, I don't think Justin Edwards is near where he could be by the end of the season. Like I don't think he's really played all that well this year. Um, I think that. Uh, you combine that with the fact that that DJ Wagner has kind of been a little bit more of a uh, drive the pass guy than I expected him to be. Uh, you have a team that has now a higher defensive floor with Bradshaw available, a team that still has upside because we haven't seen a guy that was projected as a potential number one pick coming into the season um, play his best yet. And this is the single most promising part about that. They got Aaron Bradshaw and Onyeso back for this game. The first time they had all three of their big guys uh, with Trey Mitchell there. Um, including in that group, and they still managed to play an 81-possession game, which is the second most possessions they played in the game this season. They haven't stopped spacing the floor. They haven't stopped running. They just added a couple of taller players into the mix, and I think, to me, that is the most important part that we have seen here from all that. I know it's early, but it's never too early to fire off a hot take, and this is where I have to mention Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an injury fee. That is V-L-T-E-D, Vaulted. The thing you're going to like about it, it's got a challenge feature, so you can prove that you are smarter than your friends. Download the app, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools today. Here is my challenge, Mac. 
Here is my prediction. Clemson's going to win the ACC this year. Clemson's the best team in the ACC, and they are going to take home an ACC regular season title when things are all said and done. Is that crazy? No, that's not crazy at all. Not, not one bit. In fact, I don't want to say they're the favorite, but I think if you were a betting man based on who they've played and how they've played, uh, I don't think it's crazy. When those students get back from Christmas break and the ACC starts really getting rolling, it's going to be hard to win at Clemson. And those guys are built to, to win on the road. I love Brad's teams in terms of their toughness in the half court defensively. Uh, I don't think it's crazy at all. I think Clemson's a quality team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, overreaction number three. Yeah. Uh, I, I made this argument to Goodman on the Saturday night show, and I want to. I'm going to pitch it to you guys too, and I want your take on it. I think that Kansas is a flawed basketball team when you look at them. Right? I don't know if I trust McCuller or Dewan Harris to necessarily be shooters. I think there are ways that you can guard them when um, when Hunter Dickinson is the best shooter that you have on the floor. They definitely have not figured out what they're going to do at the two spot. They definitely have not figured out what they're going to do with their bench. It's like they have four studs and then four guys that should be like the ninth man on the team. And they don't have those like role players that can kind of uh, hold everything together. And I just don't think that it matters. Right. I'm at the point where we can sit here and say on paper, these are the issues that they have, but it hasn't impacted anything that they do at this point. Right. Um, Dewan Harris hit a huge three at Indiana. Kevin McCullough hit a huge three at Indiana. Marco Jackson hit a huge three at Indiana. Jamari McDowell hit a huge three at Indiana. Kevin McCullough against UConn made three huge threes down the stretch. I think for all the flaws that you have there, you have the best coach in college basketball at figuring out those answers. And you got dudes that are just gamers that know how to win and that find a way to get it done when it matters. Like I, I, I understand all these question marks that you have with them. I'm saying, fuck that. Throw it all out the window. Just ride with them. You got four dudes. You got Hunter Dickinson. You got Bill Self. You got the best point guard in the sport when it comes to being a leader. That's enough for me. They can win a national title. Doesn't mean they're going to, but they can absolutely do it. 
in the last two years, when Dewan Harris scores at least seven points in a game, Kansas is 23 and one. 23 and one. So when he clicks, Kansas does not beat Kentucky if Harris isn't hitting shots. Now, he had an otherworldly night that night. I think we'd be talking about Kentucky in the top five if they had completed that game. But let's talk about Kansas. Bill Self said this at Assembly Hall before the game to CBS on Saturday. He said in his interview, the biggest thing with Hunter Dickinson is not just the leadership part and this chip on your shoulder where we don't mind being the hated. He said it's the fact that it's allowing K.J. Adams and Kevin McCullough Jr. to play naturally. And that that spoke to me because to hear a coach say that and basically admit that they were out of place last year and that he would have liked to do things differently, that's why this team can win a national championship because Dickinson is the most offensive gifted player in the post, Self says this, that he's ever had. And Self's the best offensive technician in the game. And that game Saturday, how many of the 363 teams in the country would have lost at Assembly Hall on Saturday? I'd be willing to say 360. Kansas was one of the three that probably that that, that could win, and they did. So as you go into your high-rise Bill Self retirement condo as you change your Zoom background again to those, again, who are listening, who must be wondering, what drugs are we on? Uh, <laughs> I can assure you we're not on anything. T.O. just keeps changing his Zoom background. The Kansas Jayhawks, they don't have play at the shooting guard. But if anybody can make it work itself, and just think of what happens if Johnny Furphy or Nick Timberlake ever show a sign of a pulse. Hey, here's the good thing about them, and I agree with everything you're saying. Here, here here's a good thing about them is when you have Dewan Harris, you have uh, McCullough, you have Hunter Dickinson, and Dickinson is a bit of a lightning rod, but I'll just leave it at there. KJ Adams, another guy with experience, you're going to get constant production the whole game. And I made this comparison last night. Uh, it's kind of like when you play Kansas, it's like playing the Miami Heat. They're going to be the Miami Heat for 48 minutes. Well, when you play the Kansas Jayhawks, they're going to be Kansas for 40 minutes and you have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves and they share the basketball. So even though there's not a ton of shooting on that team, they share the basketball better than anybody else in college hoops. They have an assist on 72.7% on all their made field goals are assisted by one teammate or another. That's a stupid number, by the way. That's That's a silly number. That's a silly number. It doesn't make sense, especially for that team. The second, well, who's the second place team is four percentage points lower, and it's Minnesota. So it doesn't necessarily correlate to winning, <laughs> but what it does do is it tells you that your team's trying to share the ball, and whenever you have the the, the type of talent that they have, at least at their one, two, three. After that, there's question marks, but they're one, two, three with McCuller, Dickinson, and Harris. In my opinion, who's really, really good. It's like you're going to be able to figure out a lot on a given night with your consistent approach. That's my biggest thing with Kansas. I think they're that good because of that approach. Yeah, and just for the record, for the people that are going to yell at T.O. here, uh, when he says you're one, two, and three, he means your number one option, number two option, number three option, not your point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. We know Hunter yeah. Dickinson is not a shooting guard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> clarification, for all you idiots. We know he's not a shooting guard. For all you idiots. Yeah, for all those idiots that can't read between the lines. Option yeah. one, option two, option three. <laughs> all right. Um, overreaction number four. Michigan State is back, baby. 
All they needed, all <laughs> they needed was that one spark. They just needed one game, T.O. They just needed to find one morning where they woke up and said, hey, look, I'm ready to play. We are here, ladies and gentlemen. Tyson Walker is going to make shots early in the game. A.J. Hogarth is going to make shots early in the game. Colin Carr is going to throw down windmills early in the game. Their big guys are going to show up. All they needed was that one game. They exercised their demons, and they are back. Is that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, John. Well, so, so okay. Do you guys just not see this team in a 6-11 or a 7-10 game in the tournament? That's absolutely right? where they're going to be. They're going to lose. They're going to lose thirteen games this year, and they're going to be a seven seed, and they're going to make the final four. Like this is, we've seen this story well, before, Tom Izzo. Like you can't trick me. I know what's going to happen here. You're going to play like shit, and all of a sudden you're going to figure it out in the NCAA tournament because your guys are just bored during the season. We know what's happening here. I've seen yeah, this story before. It's a great sense. I mean, you know, the the thing about them is, here's where I will say that they adjusted. And I'll give them credit. Uh, they they had 21 fast break points, so they finally were running the floor. Like they have been one of the slowest teams in the country this season. They were like 325 in tempo, which even for Izzo's worst teams, his tempo is like 150, not 325. So Cohen Carr, I'll tell you what, guys, when he's in the game right now, good things are happening. Like I, I will say that Carr's been impressive. I like him a lot. Jeremy Fears did some good things. But, you know, you look at this, how sustainable are some of the things that happened in this game? I mean, Walker's been good throughout much of the season. If you're going to not blame somebody, you, you shouldn't be blaming him. He's been the one constant. But, like, I guess when I look at at what this result is, how many times uh, for Michigan State are we going to see Xavier Booker and Carson Cooper shoot a combined six for six? You know, it just, it's probably, it's probably not going to happen. So I I just, I don't think that their actual formula from Saturday's win was sustainable. They, the desperate team won. They delivered an ass kicking to Baylor. Baylor had an eye opening result. The one thing you could say about Baylor is they're not very good defensively. Michigan State hasn't scored the ball easily. You get easier baskets, but you do defend. And Ray J. Dennis wasn't at his best, and uh, they turned the ball over quite a bit in this game, and Baylor Baylor got the crap kicked out of them in what ended up becoming a pretty predictable game. Well, uh, yeah, yeah this, was a, this was a pretty easy one to pick up. It's happening in Detroit, and it might as well be a Michigan State home game. They, it, it was booted it was from the jump. Everybody knew that what was going to happen. I had a buddy who gambles. He hit me up. Should I hit Baylor? They're three and a half point favorites over Michigan State, who's five and whatever. I was like, hold on. Michigan State needs this more than anybody else in college basketball. I wouldn't bet that one because I feel like Michigan State does have it. It's just been dormant. Uh, am I buying that Michigan State's going to make a magical run to a two seed? No, I'm not. I think they're still capable of making a deep tournament run because that's what Izzo does. And I'm not doubting Izzo. I've been doing this for, what, three years? Not doubting Izzo. So that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I've come to believe, and I agree with everything that Fanta says. I just don't know that they're going to find uh, collective scoring enough this season to be a viable force in the Big Ten. You guys are just haters. Look, I will say this. Yeah, haters. Um, if there's one thing that I can sit here and I can guarantee 
in this moment on this show, on this episode of the DTF podcast on December 18th, Monday morning, 148 in the PM Eastern Standard Time. The only legitimate time zone is that Michigan State, every game from here on out, is going to shoot eight for 12 from three. <laughs> Shot making helps. Exactly. Help. Make or miss help. game. But, but how, Whatever. Like, you guys are just haters, okay? Michigan no, but State J- is back. They're, okay. just, they're back. You Ray J. Haters. Dennis, Ray J. Dennis, and Jaden Nunn turn the ball over 12 times. Yeah. That, that's that. what happens when you go up against a defense like Tyson Walker and AJ Hogard. You just turn the ball over. How can you deal with that level of ball pressure? I don't know. Here's, here's what I will say. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm, so now, now, here's my thing. Okay. So we started this show with my sure Mike being a total shit show. And then you decide on a day that we were supposed to go relatively quickly <laughs> to switch your Zoom background with every topic <laughs> to which now you have, I think it's Joe Exotic from Tiger King. Pre-Tiger yes. King. Who, by the way, is he is he in jail or out of jail? He's he's still in there. Is he still running for president? He might be from jail. <laughs> And well, you can do that. And you can do that today. You can. You can. You can. You can. All right. Yeah, Moving on. Yeah, let's Moving talk about on. that, huh? Moving on. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, Use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um, overreaction number five. Uh, UConn's win on Friday night against Gonzaga said more about the Zags than it did about the UConn Huskies. Um, Finn, I'll go to you first on that one. It it was revealing about Gonzaga. I, they're they're just not deep enough. They're not deep enough. They don't have enough options right now. I don't even think they're a top fifteen team. I, I think they're closer to like twenty. 25 than they are to 10 or 15. If Ryan Nemhard's not creating for them off the dribble, who is doing it? And then as a result, and Tom Watson's had a good year. 
But if you're relying on Anton Watson to be your one or two, I just don't. The What was so interesting about Friday night was Mark Few was trying to adjust. Okay. He tried a lot of things defensively, what they did in terms of coverage. On the offensive end of the floor, like Dusty Stromer got open for a couple of looks. Uh, you know, he worked Greg in there for a little bit. But guys, that Gonzaga, their offense just doesn't have enough. They could not go. At, to me, the most revealing thing about Gonzaga, and Rob, you brought this up on After Dark Friday night after the game, was when UConn is playing poorly in that game in the second half for about five, six minutes. Gonzaga didn't capitalize. They didn't do anything. Yeah, they, they the door was wide open for a comeback because UConn looked like they – they looked like an East Coast team playing a 10 o'clock tip-off from like the 15-minute mark of the second half yes. to about the six-minute mark of the second half, and Gonzaga just didn't do anything. Like That game became a slog for a big stretch of the second half, and it didn't look like Gonzaga did anything. Uh, here's my hot take, T.O. I-, I want your opinion on this. So, Rasir Bolton decides to come back for like his red shirt whatever year in 2022-2023. Um, as a result, a former five-star recruit that kind of thought he was probably stepping into a starting role, ends up playing 16 minutes a game and averages four and a half points as a sophomore at Gonzaga. Then that former five-star recruit decides to leave the program and transfer out of that program and go to Wake Forest. And right now, Hunter Salas, through nine games at Wake Forest, is averaging 17.7 points, 2.2 assists, while shooting 47% from the floor, 39% from three, and 79% from the free throw line. Do you think that having a six foot five wing that could go out and get you 17 on any given night in the ACC would be beneficial to a team that can struggle at times to score and basically has two dudes on the perimeter, and that's it. I think it would help, T.O. Yeah, it helps. I talked to Steve the other day, too, and he's playing him at the point. Uh, he's letting him attack, get downhill, do a lot of those things that naturally he can do with his length. And for some reason, it just didn't work out. Uh, I said, Steve, like, what, what's the difference? He goes, he just. He must have just fallen out of favor. I don't know. And it's he goes, I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about Mark Few because he's one of the best to ever do it. So I'm not going to talk bad. But it, I'm I'm happy that uh, we have Hunter now because he's really good. So no shade thrown any which way there. But uh, it would certainly help them. But I thought it said more about Connecticut going over there. That This is a team that's poof. We, we, had, the, we had our doubts with so many new players. Uh, Donovan Klingon showed what he could really be. Uh, UConn is national championship good again with young t- with a younger team. Yeah, they are. I seriously contemplated putting the number one, and I just couldn't do it. But I really wanted to. I, you, you know what it is? If they had beaten, like they came, they did not play an A game at Kansas, and 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 came so close to winning that game. Yeah, they lost by four at can at the Fog. And somebody's asking me, how's it going to be for them in Seattle? I said, don't worry about it. Yeah, that was easy money. That was easy money. Yeah, it it still feels like we haven't haven't quite seen, like, UConn's best game. We haven't seen them quite put together. Maybe the North Carolina win, but it feels like we haven't quite seen that. It feels like they've kind of been stuck in in third gear throughout the entire season, and they're sitting here at 10-1 with a win over, a 20-point win over Indiana, a 10-point win over... Uh, Texas, a 15-point win over North Carolina, a 13-point win over Gonzaga in Seattle, and a four-point loss at Cameron Indoor Stadium in the fog. Hey, Not this Cameron week. Cameron Indoor Stadium. At, at Fog Allen Fieldhouse yeah. in the fog. 
Yeah. It's okay. You're you at Fog yeah. Allen Fieldhouse. That was bad. Not at Eleanor R. Baldwin. <laughs> that was that was dumb. That was not me calling. <laughs> it wasn't Eleanor R. Baldwin Arena. You are right, Fana. You are. She's correct. gotten commission from you off the off the amount Good. of she should her name. Hey, you know we haven't seen UConn's best this week. They've got Seton Hall. Then Saturday night at XL Center. This is a Fox game. Gus Johnson's doing it. I don't remember the last time Gus did a game at UConn. Rob, I'm sure you're a UConn junkie, so you, I don't. Gus has not oh. done many games at up up at UConn in Hartford Saturday night. How many points will Connecticut score when they host St. John's Saturday night? I don't know. That that's the game that UConn always loses. <laughs> the Johnnies just always give them problems. Yeah, that would be that. Well, it's, it, God bless the officials. A pre-Christmas blessing. <laughs> they have to referee. Before Christmas, you're going to wake up Christmas morning with Dan Hurley and Rick Pitino in your ear. Yep. All right. Last uh, last overreaction I have. Creighton's win against Alabama, to me, was proof that Ryan Kalkbrenner is the most irreplaceable player in the Big East and outside of maybe Zach Eady, the most irreplaceable player in all of college basketball. Is that, is that a hot take? Is that crazy? No. Why? Uh, yeah, why? Well, we saw we saw what Kyle Grinner, whenever he sat out last year, what happened. Same thing would happen this year. He's just, from a defensive standpoint, irreplaceable. The dude doesn't foul. He blocks almost everything. And whatever he doesn't block inside of eight feet, he alters. Uh, and whenever you make Alabama one-dimensional, that's that that limits a lot of what they can do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Ryan Kalkbrenner is an absolute dude. Uh, what do you go, 9 of 11 from the field? With yeah, 19 points, crazy. 8 boards, 3 blocks, and I promise Don't even though it was Played the entire blocks, second half on a bad ankle, too. He sprained his yeah. ankle in the first half. Played his entire second half on a bad ankle. Yeah, he's a stud. He, they, there's nobody – there's nowhere to replace him from. That's the big thing. Like – like, where would you go if he gets hurt? That's the hard part. I agree with that. I'm going to push back in the Big East this year. And this is the compliment that I'm going to hand out here in a big take, and not just because Rob's on the show. But I was thinking about it today. If I were to vote for a Big East player of the year today, who I would cast my vote to, and I'd give it to Tristan Newton. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. So if you took Tristan Newton off of Connecticut, and if you took Tyler Kolick off Marquette right now, those two guys, what they mean to their respective teams. And I will even shout out Pasha Alexander at Butler. What those three point guards are doing, really good work. Yeah, Butler haters, we just mentioned you on the pod. The people who think we hate Butler. We don't hate Butler. They're eight and two. They're not bad. They got they got to beat Georgetown this week and go to nine and two. Then they're at Providence Saturday. Sneaky that's game. That's the that's the one. That's uh, I think we talked about this. Uh, game uh, like a month ago I, that's the game that i have circled is we'll find out a whole hell of a lot about butler in that game and i think that they are good i think that is kind of refound his energy and uh shout out to to mojo i uh mojo maurice joseph great um, guy and he still cannot guard me that is a certified fact. <laughs> right. last thing last thing i want to say here um i i just i do feel like this is, I mentioned this to you guys before we came on the show. I think that college basketball is as healthy as it's ever been. Um, and I also feel like there's a reason why the games have been so good. Outside of that, like, Purdue-Tennessee slugfest from um, from Maui Invitational, it feels like every time that we've had a great game, like, the, uh, on paper, it's delivered 
even more in terms of entertainment value in terms of what we've seen. I'll give you an example of kind of what I mean. Uh, over the weekend, we had, or on Saturday, we had three games between top 20 Kempom teams. All three of them opened with totals that were over 160 points, and all three of those games went over the total of uh, 160. It was um, Kentucky and North Carolina, 87 to 83, Purdue and Arizona, 92 to 84, uh, and Creighton, Alabama, 85 to 82. Um, so not only are there a bunch of like really good, really old teams that are playing really good basketball right now, they all seem to be playing this like up tempo, spaced out style. A lot of They're fun scoring. shot makers. A lot of lot of um, a lot of high scoring games. Guys playing at pace with space. They're uh, scoring at the rim. They're scoring at the rim. Scoring overall is the highest it's been uh, per game since 2018, according to uh, to data on Kempom.com. Um, and here's Charge. my theory. There, there's two th- two theories I have. This one is this is just an advantage of having older guys, older shot makers, um, and big men that you can kind of run things around because they're sticking around in school. Uh, but it's also the lack of the charge. I feel like that's just opened up so much. Not only yes. are we getting better lanes to the rim, but you are getting uh, star players that are not picking up two dumb charge fouls and having to sit for the last 12 minutes of the first half. I just think that uh, the quality of play and the fact that we have the best players playing more minutes has been such a great thing for the sport. Yep. Charge, the charge call has gone by the wayside. Thank God. There's a lot more plays at the rim. You're allowed to see these teams' athleticism. Uh, look no further than UNC and Kentucky. Those guys are flying up and down mm-hmm. without a care in the world. Uh, when it comes to running over people, you have to try to find a way to stop them at the rim. I love it. It's made it so much more fun to watch, and it's led to a lot more scoring. Uh, rest in peace, the charge call, and I'm here for it. Yes, I love it. God bless college basketball. God bless the people that listen to our show. Obviously, we're not recording Monday of next week since it's Christmas Day, at least. What? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe we will. No. no. Merry Christmas. We'll have, a, we'll have a one-week hiatus on the DTF podcast uh, to be able to to celebrate Christmas with the families. Um, but I will, they, look, the season's been awesome. We're putting up yes. record numbers on the field of 68. Dude, uh, record numbers. I, I was shocked. Record numbers on the field of 68. It's only going to get better from here. It's only going to get better. Uh, March is right around the corner. So here's my message to you. Lock the fuck in. College oh. basketball is not just a one-month sport, baby. I'm locked in. I know Fana's locked in. I know Tio's locked in. I hope everybody has yeah. a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, a wonderful, wonderful, or you had a wonderful, wonderful Hanukkah. If that's what you celebrate. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy the time with the family. Enjoy the days off. Make sure that you crack open that eggnog at at least 9 a.m. on Christmas morning. I know I'm going to be in my house from December 24th to December 27th. I ain't going anywhere, right? So it's going to be a, nothing but a haze of eggnog and wine and too much food eating my eat my face off i cannot wait i hope you guys have a wonderful holiday fanna take us home baby although it's been said many times many ways college basketball is the best <laughs> merry christmas to you